Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good evening. It is hour number two of Tiger Tailgate brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank and Trust as it is LSU taking on Ole Miss Today, in the 106th meeting between the two, they call it the Magnolia Bowl. You have a question or comment from our very own Herb Tyler, who had some remarkable games in this great series, 504-260-1870. You can text Herb at 870-870. We just heard from LSU coach Ed Ogeron, also Mike Scarborough, TigerBay.com. And coming up after the bottom of the hour news, Jeff Palermo, columnist and sports director of Louisiana Network. He will be with us. And we will talk to him on his take about the Tigers and the Rebels. And then we'll go behind enemy lines in the 3 o'clock hour and visit with Parrish Alford, who covers Ole Miss for the Daily Journal. 260-1870. And Herb, when you look at this matchup tonight, Tigers and Rebels, and I firmly believe this, Herb, and this isn't – I don't think this is homer talk. I really do believe of any conference in college football. You say Power 5, or let's just take the Power 5. I don't think there's any team – like LSU, then what I mean is when LSU goes to another team's stadium, that venue looks forward to that game as much on their schedule, even as much as their rival games. I think LSU, whether it's their fan base or just the the tradition of whatever, I just think teams get up more for LSU on a consistent basis than any other team in college football. It's just like baseball. You know, whenever mm-hmm. they go to Omaha, you know, they look forward to that. Every, every, every year that they go, the people in Omaha look forward to it. So, Basically, for football, it's you know it's <laughs> it's the College World Series mm-hmm. every every week that they go play whoever they go play away at. And um, the thing about that is, it's not only the, the the pageantry that that we have at LSU and the tradition and all that stuff, but the fans are there on Friday morning. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know the, taking it, out it, their it, spot. Any other time, any other game, the fan, the, you know, the, whatever team it is that they're playing against, they're not there on Friday. They're there either Friday night late or early Saturday morning getting prepared. But LSU's fans are there Friday morning, set up, ready to roll. I mean, some of them are there Thursday night in their spots, whatever they're going to do, and they wake up Friday and they start tailgating. So, I mean, it's just a different type of atmosphere. We know how to celebrate. We know how how to, how to you know, follow our team and, and how to be just, just, you know, just completely all into the game and the atmosphere and how to show our boys love. Herb, today LSU – faces Shea Patterson, a young man that was once committed to LSU, one of the bright young mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the country. Ole Miss leads the conference in passing attempts. They have 40 more passing attempts than anyone else. And the two passing offenses in this conference that have uh, quarterbacks that have thrown the most are mm-hmm. Bentley at South Carolina and then Shea Patterson at Ole Miss. What do you see? Handicap breakdown Shea Patterson for us. What do you see as him as a quarterback? You know, the thing about Shea is I don't I don't see many weaknesses. That's the, that's the thing about him is I think he's got – He's got great size. He's got a really great arm. I think he sees the the field very well. And to me, that's the biggest thing for him is to be able to see the field because he has so many attempts. Um, 
you know, he doesn't have to be perfect all the time, but he at least have to put the ball in the right spot so that his guys can make plays. Now, the thing about that, though, is the problem with that is you have you put everything on his back, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to get some sort of a run game to to kind of alleviate his, his, his you know, I guess his, his attempts, his passing attempts, mm-hmm. because you don't want to overdo it. Like, I remember when I played, you know, and I always go back to the, those times when I played. We played Kentucky or, or whatnot, and Tim Couch would throw the ball a million times a game, literally not a million, but let's call it 50 times a game. And when I would play against him, I would throw the ball maybe 21 to 25 times at the very most. Right. He would have all those attempts, and he'd have, let's call it 20, 22 completions, mm-hmm. where I'd throw the ball 21, 25 times and have 20 completions, 23 completions. So I'm, just, I'm way more efficient than he is. I don't have as many passing yardage, but I have more touchdowns, or at least the same amount of touchdowns, but I also had what they call Kevin Falk, Rondell Mealy, mm-hmm. Cecil Collins, all these guys that can run the ball, and they would rush for 250 yards, 170 yards a game, plus my 150 to 200 yards of passing. Um, it, but the thing about it, the difference is you get to break up that monotony of just dropping back to throw the ball the whole time and putting all that pressure on your offensive line also, because that's where the strain comes into play as well on that particular type of offense. Two six zero one eight seventy. You can text us at eight seventy eight seventy. Time now to go around the SEC. Idaho is uh, getting put put on them by Missouri. Missouri is leading sixty eight to fourteen late in the fourth. The two thirty game at Bryant Denny Stadium today. The headline game in the SEC. Of course, CBS gets the first pick in there. Tennessee is at Alabama. Interesting one here. Herb. Kentucky is at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a twelve point favorite over Kentucky. Kentucky has, I want to say, the second best scoring defense in the Southeastern Conference right now. Mm-hmm. When I see that, it kind of throws me off a little bit uh, why Mississippi State is such a big favorite over Kentucky. And when you look in the East right now, uh, Herb, the two teams that control their own destiny, usually that are probably at that point in time, Florida and uh, when you look at a school like Tennessee, but the teams that are right on Georgia as far as still had to play Georgia and got everything in front of them, it's Kentucky and South Carolina. Well, Kentucky is a really good team. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys play, play play some really good football over there. I mean, they're not the Kentucky of old, let's call it that. And I think the reason why Mississippi State is a 12-point um, favorite in that particular game is I just – I think – honestly, I think Mississippi State is just more a mature team, and I think they have – um, they have everything put together a little bit more than Kentucky. But at the same time, Kentucky's that team, that wild card team. They can beat you on any given day, the same as well as uh, South Carolina also. So those two teams, can, you know, they have they have what I like to call, they have that that you, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you don't know what team, you, what team you're going to face on that particular Saturday. So, but you have to play your A game at that point. So that's why those guys are coming out of the East and kind of somewhat surprising people by the way that they're playing. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me because I know how they recruit and I know those guys can play. Also, Herb, uh, looking around, of course, Auburn, 22nd rank, 21st rank Auburn after losing to LSU last week is on the road at Arkansas. And, boy, yep. Arkansas yep. now continues to be the two coaches that go into today's <laughs> games yeah. on the hottest seats in this conference currently are Brett Bielema five years in yeah. and Butch Jones five years yep. in. Just their yep. conference records alone. And, look, I know Brett Bielema has the, you know, $11.5 million uh, buyout where it's, st- it's stated in his contract it's not increment pay. Payments. It's not over the course it's of a year. Lump. It's a lump sum. Yep. They'd have to pay him. So what does that go as far as in the, in the thought process of the Arkansas Athletic Department? But Arkansas, clearly, when, when it looked like they were going to have some momentum, Herb, in the years that they back-to-back did really well against LSU and Ole Miss, uh, they haven't built on that. You know, they haven't built on that, and they have really fallen off the map, so to speak. And uh, it looks like Arkansas is more in disarray now than a few years ago and looked like they were kind of riding the ship, so to speak. I'm not I'm not sure what's going on over there. I mean, it's like, you know, they're, they're teeter-tiring on 
whether or not they're good or whether or not they're just average. So if they can continue to try to get some more recruits in there, and I think he'll be okay. But then again, I don't know because, you know, is, is he getting through to the guys? Are they buying into his his philosophy? Can they, you know, can they can they just make that next step? They, they're like stuck mm-hmm. on that second and third step and they can't get to that next level. So um, I don't I don't really know. And Bush Jones over at Tennessee, that's just – I mean, Tennessee's always had talent, and they're always going to have talent. And, the, the, you know, up the past couple, two, three years, you've been seeing guys jump ship and, and, and transferring and things of that nature. So something's mm-hmm. going on internally over there with Bush Jones, and I'm not quite sure what that is. Now, at Arkansas, I don't think they want to pay out the $11 million in one lump sum. But at the same time, if if there's a coach out there that's worth them paying, um, believe me, that particular type of money, mm-hmm. um, then they'll do it. I mean, period. I mean, if there's a coach that they know they can bring in, let's call it, let's just say a Chip Kelly or something like that. And I don't, I don't have any clue if that's mm-hmm. even an option for them. But if I were the the president or somebody over there that made the decisions to hire and fire a guy, and a Chip Kelly came knocking on the door, and said he wants to coach again. Guess what? I'm 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 going. I'm gonna take Chip Kelly because what Chip Kelly can bring to the table is mm-hmm. a new freshness, yeah. a new. And he uh, sat. Know, I think he's he's kind of done the right approach where he sat out, kind of so you know he's kind of yeah. rekindled his fire, so to mm-hmm. speak. And uh, yeah, he is a name that's been tossed around an awful lot as far as uh, if college jobs become available. And there's going to be several that could come available. I'm talking about big time college programs. Yep. Like Herb said, you're facing the uh, likes of uh, the couple of Arizona programs. Mm-hmm. You're looking at possibly Nebraska coming open uh you're talking about looking at uh, arkansas tennessee coming open so there's going to be some big openings out there especially in the big conferences definitely he's herb tyler i'm deke Bellavere. we'll take a time out when we come back we'll begin taking a look at the matchups between lsu and Ole Miss, particularly the lsu defensive backs against three of the best receivers on one team maybe the three best receivers on one team in the nation in the Ole miss rebels he's herb tyler i'm deke Bellavere. count you down to lsu and Ole miss tonight right here on tiger radio wwl he's herb tyler i'm deke Bellavere, breaking down today's matchup lsu and Ole miss the 106th meeting between the tigers and the rebels tonight shade after 6 15 kickoff at vaughn hemingway stadium here on tiger radio wwl well shea patterson has attempted 237 passes he's completed 156 17 touchdowns to six picks thus far entering his seventh game of the season the rebels are three and three and he has a slew of receivers and when you look at this group of receivers yes, uh, uh, uh herb you're talking about four of them that are legitimately across the board really five when you consider how he spreads the football aj brown of course is the big point man six touchdowns and 35 receptions which leads Ole miss but demarcus lodge also with six mm-hmm. touchdowns he has 24 receptions dk metcalf 25 receptions van jefferson 28 receptions and jordan wilkinson 19 re- receptions so when you look at those numbers reception wise and you throw in there Jefferson and Brown. These are some big physical guys going back to the Treadwell days. They yep. like that big physical receiver. They have those. They have the speedy ones. They got the ones that are possession guys. They have a good core of receivers, and this is going to be a challenge. I think from across the board, the way Ole Miss passes the football and the way they distribute the football, this may be the most challenging cover that the LSU secondary will face the, in the regular season. Absolutely. That's what Ole Miss does, man. They, they recruit those receivers so they can throw them the football. That's what they do. They throw the ball 50 times a game, and, hey, you got a quarterback in Shea Patterson that can actually toss that thing around like that and make all the right decisions and get the ball to where they need to go. Those guys catch the ball. They make plays all the time. They, you know, they deserve to be who they are and where they are as far as those receivers are concerned. Um, now, with that being said, LSU, we have a, a really young secondary. 
However, the secondary is growing up right before our eyes. So that's something that we need to be really proud about and, and really excited about as well, too, because here's the thing. Before the season, that was one of our question marks. So here we are now, midseason, and those guys are one of the, the brightest spots on the field right now. I mean, as of the past couple of games now, not, we're not going to say the whole game of each one of those games, but the, the critical points and times of those games, those guys showed up big and big time. I mean, just huge. You can't ask for more. So tonight's going to be another great challenge for them against another great quarterback and a, a really good receiving core. And, you know, up until last week, Herb, when Ole Miss had the best rushing performance of the season, they got 250-plus uh, yards against uh, Vanderbilt last week. Mm -hmm. Going into their fifth game of the season, Ole Miss had – Less than 400 yards rushing, her. Yeah. Less than 400 yards rushing. So they're not real balanced. They pass uh, basically. It's I think it's like 43, 43 attempts to like 20, 28 rushes a contest. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty lopsided, especially when we talk about college. College, you'll see more close. Even you see a lot of times more rushes than passes. But uh, for them, Herb, you got to wonder how patient will they be today, particularly against the LSU team that did a great job of shutting down Auburn after the first quarter in a few minutes that they're going to go to their strong suit and it's like, hey, we're wasting our time running. we got to throw the football. That's what they're built for. So that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to be patient. I think they're going to come out throwing the ball. I mean, just all over the place. And, you know, what, what happens when you throw the ball all over the place, you find out if you can do it. And then at that point, then you, you kind of go to, to some sort of a running game. Now, what that'll be for them, I don't really know. But I don't trust the fact that they will. I think they're going to throw the ball, and that's what they're going to do. They live by the sword, die by the sword. So they're going to pass the ball. You know, it, it, I, I can tell you right now they're going mm -hmm. to pass the ball at least anywhere between 40 to 55 times this, this game tonight. Cause they're going to try those young DBs that we have, and they're going to find out really quick that those guys are athletic, they're big, they're physical, and there's a reason why we call LSU DBU, and those guys are going to represent today, I think, anyway, personally. And again, uh, as, as they have been for quite some time, Ole Miss is stout on the offensive front. Uh, Gregory Little is one of the best young left tackles in all of uh, college football. He's got a big pro future ahead of him. And then on the left side, you're looking at uh, left guard. This is a group, Herb, that the uh, Rebel depth chart has been solid on going back to before the Tunsil days. I mean, they've con consistently kept a pretty high-tier offensive lineman in the fold, and this is a good group as well. All underclassmen on that front, with the exception of right tackle Rod Taylor. But Alex Givens is a sophomore mm -hmm. at the right guard. Mm -hmm. Center is Sean Rollins, but the left side of the line is particularly the strong side. Javon Patterson, the junior, and Gregory Little, they're the best combination, I think, Herb. If they're going to run the football, mm -hmm. th that would be the strength on their side. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to run behind it on, on that side uh -huh. because it's what LSU poses for them. But that, that's the two guys they would lean on more in the running game. Well, if that's the case, then guess what I'm going to do if I'm LSU? <laughs> I'm going to heavy load that side against the run. I mean, because if I'm going I'm to make you run the ball on the other side. So, But I don't. once again, I just don't see them trying to run the ball on us. I mean – our front seven is getting better and better every week. You know, the the guys up front are getting, you know, they're getting mm -hmm. into that really good football shape. Um, they're getting more confident in what they're doing in their pass rush as well as their defensive run uh, stop defense. And then the linebackers are coming together. Devin White has got, I, I want to say he's got, what, the most tackles in the SEC yes. right now. Um, and he's leading by a lot. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's, look, if I'm Ole Miss and what I do is throw the ball, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come out and I'm going to throw the ball. I need to make sure that I put my guys in good situations to throw the ball and, and, and complete some passes. But I'm not going to just turn around and stop everything that I do and just try to run the football. Last week, Jordan Wilkins uh, with his best outing uh, of the season uh, in the big win over Vanderbilt and uh, also in the backfield.
field is uh, Devon Peniman. Those are the two guys that they lean on, including redshirt sophomore Eric Sweeney. But again, Ole Miss's uh, running attack uh, was pretty much uh, absent until last week when they got over the 250 mark going into the game six of the season. Ole Miss had less than 500 yards rushing uh, on as a as a complete overall rushing mm-hmm. team, they had less than 500, but they went oh, well over that last week by getting over 252 against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Well, coming up, we're going to have a CBS update. Then Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWR.com and Louisa Network Sports Director, will be with us. And when you look on the other side of the football, one area in which Ole Miss is uh, a couple of games heard, they, they have had some defensive, I guess you'd say, bright spots. But this is a defense that gives up a lot. They they give yeah, up they yeah. give up a lot, and I don't know necessarily if you could have a really really stout defense, Herb, when you've got that type of offense over there because they're predicated on boom seventy plays, seventy five, eight. They want to get as many plays as they can, right. and they're they're the suit that's going to be on the field more if they get the flow they want, meaning dictating the pace of the game. Absolutely, it's tough for defensive to to be out there that long um, when your offense is only out there for a minute or so after every you know uh, turnover or whatnot. Um, but, you know, th- the thing is, with, with Ole Miss's defense, they, it's been built like that also for quite some time, and which is why they give up a lot of points. Um, and they lean more heavily on their offense to score points. So, for us, we need to take advantage of that, right? We need to stay on the field as long as possible. We need to generate a running game. We need to pound those guys. So, it's going to be really uh, important for us up front, let's call it um, the offensive line for LSU, to dominate uh, Ole Miss's defensive line so we can keep those guys on the field and uh, so we can generate some points ourselves. All right, a CBS update. Then we'll come back with columnist at WWL.com and Louisiana Network Sports Director Jeff Palermo gives us his take on the Tigers and the Rebels. But first, here's a CBS update. He is a gentleman that is all over the prep scene and the college scene covering LSU athletics. And, of course, uh, last night we'll find out what prep game he was at. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWL.com and Louisiana Network Sports Director joins us now. Jeff, where were you at last night? Well, I had uh, Zachary in Central. Mm. Zachary won twenty-one to nothing. Uh, Zachary looks like another team that can make another run to the dome. Of course, won the state championship two years ago. A really good defense, and uh, they got a sophomore quarterback in Keelan Brown that you'll be hearing a lot about, and a good little wide receiver too in Chandler Whitfield, who's just a junior. So. Another good team for David Brewerton, and uh, they're now six and two on the season. Jeff, through seven games, LSU is five and two and two and one in SEC play. I would think that you know going into a season, if we told people that you know LSU would be five and two and two and one in SEC play, by looking at the schedule, they might have said, "Oh man, who? Well, what two are we going to lose?" And I would have think they probably would have picked Auburn. And Florida. Uh, ironically, they won both of those games uh, and, and lost to State and to Troy. But after seven games, what do you see? Where is this team right now? Well, I think it's on a bit of an upswing, uh, but it's still a team that I think is a bit fragile and that the the margin of victory is still slim for uh, this team just because they're, just, they're not very explosive on offense. They haven't been very consistent on offense. I think the defense has come around. They've, you've had some guys that have really stepped up. Uh, this will be a good test for them going up against a, a, a different type of team than I think they faced all season And the fact that the, you got a guy in Shea Patterson who can throw the ball around and then a really good wide receiver in A.J. Brown who's who's been really good and it's going to be a, a test for this defensive secondary. But certainly I think a team that has a little more confidence uh, than they did back in September, you know, even – even when LSU even LSU looked dominant in the win against BYU, but we realized how bad BYU was. But you know, even after the game, after after that week, 
you still weren't really sure what you were getting with this LSU team. I think you're, you got a better understanding. And I think it's a team that can still improve, especially with Darius Geis and Arden Key starting to really get back into the swing of things. I mean, those are two first-round picks that LSU has not really had the luxury of, uh, of utilizing to their, to their fullest level. And maybe we start to see that here tonight in Oxford. Jeff, with you know, with with Malone being out, I think he's out for an extended period of time. How do you think LSU is going to handle rotating or putting guys together at that offensive line, especially tonight? And when, like you said, we need to get guys going. So, what do you think LSU is going to do up front as far as our offensive line against Ole Miss's defensive line? Well, I think they certainly will try to establish the run game. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Ole Miss has had trouble stopping the run. We remember what happened last season when these two teams met, and, and Leonard Fournette had a historic night against the Rebels. So I think they're just going to try to run the ball as much as they possibly can early on and then mix in the passing game as the, as the contest goes along. But I, I think this offensive line has taken some strides, obviously, since the disappointing loss. Uh, a couple of weeks back to Troy and even uh, against Mississippi State when they were dominated, I think this offensive line is starting to feel a little bit better about itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, not having K.J. Malone is obviously it's going to hurt. So, you know, you'll you'll see Sadiq Charles. You'll see more of Ed Ingram. Uh, but getting Toby Weathersby back, uh, that, that, that can help. So um, I, I think LSU has, you know, unless they suffer, you know, another injury to say someone like Will Clapp, I, I think they've been – I think they've hit rock bottom on the offensive line, and they're they're starting to make the uh, the, the progression of, of getting better week in and week out and, and holding their own. And I, I think Matt Canada now kind of understands what his limitations are too, and also he he's got full control of the offense at this point. And and based on what we've seen at least in the last couple of weeks, he's he's not putting his he's not putting his players in in a difficult situation. He's he's, he's giving them plays. He's calling plays that allow them to succeed to some extent. Now, it's not – they're not going to score 40 points in a game. Mm-hmm. They might not score 30 points in a game, but they're not going to make bad mistakes, or at least they haven't. And uh, they'll at least move the ball a little bit, and every now and then they're going to put some points on the board. There you go. So, now I, I'm, I believe you 100% with that one. With that being said, on the flip side of that, how do you think uh, LSU's front seven on defense with uh, Devin White and Arden Key – how do you think they're going to play tonight as far as against, uh, you know, let's call it 40 to 50 pass attempts? Uh, you know, we should have a really good uh, defensive rush game going on with Arden Key and the rest of the crew. And how does that help the defensive back that we have that are so young? Well, they, uh, Ole Miss has a young defense. Uh, young, Ole Miss has a young offensive line as well. They start a couple sophomores on that old line so that maybe it's something uh, LSU can – can uh, take advantage of. But this Ole Miss team, granted, Vanderbilt, I don't think, obviously, Vanderbilt is not very good with with the record that they have right now at 0-4 in the league. But that was still, when you put up 57 points against a a league opponent, that's pretty impressive. And and they also, and Ole Miss, and and Ole Miss a couple weeks ago also, when you look at what they were able to do a couple weeks ago, they, they, they seemed to play a little bit better. Uh, so this is a Rebels team, I think, just like LSU, where they went through some bad times. You know, Ole Miss got blown out by Alabama, and and they, and they have suffered a couple of league losses this year. And 
And they may be a team now that's kind of figuring out itself with the, with the new head coach. And so, to me, uh, I think LSU defensively is going to have a chance. Though. They're gonna, there's there's going to be some plays and there's, mm-hmm. there's going to be some times where they're going to have some blown coverages. Shea Patterson's going to take advantage of it. AJ Brown, he's going to make some plays for him. Uh, so this is a, this is a tough test, I think, for LSU defensively. Uh, something, like I said, a little bit different than what they've faced so far this year. Jeff, anything that stands out from uh, just outside of what you said, one key matchup player on player uh, could be, you know, Brown versus if it's Jackson, if it's Tolliver, if it's Greedy Williams. Could it be you know, how the linebackers play? I mean, this is an Ole Miss team that is basically top-heavy. They're passing the ball almost like a, you, you would see a team in the NFL that is striving for balance. They're passing the ball basically 43 times a game and only rushing at 28. And up until last week, what I was telling Herb, when they rushed for over 250 as a team, they had less than 500 yards rushing on the season going into their sixth game of the year. That's that's low on, on Division One college level rushing numbers. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm one of those guys that believe in that old adage: you have to be able to run the football, and you got to stop the run. And Ole Miss is not really running the football, and I don't know if they can really stop LSU's run game. I mean, the, the Rebels have really struggled. Uh, they're one of the nation's worst when it comes to stopping the run this season. Uh, Ole Miss has had problems at the linebacker position. Uh, for for if LSU they don't commit turnovers in this game or keep them down to you know one or two at the most, and they're able to consistently run the ball with Darius Geis and Daryl Williams, I think LSU should should have no problem in, in this game getting to getting getting a victory here today. So this is a time I think for LSU's offense to really really get that ground game going for them because it, it has not been that explosive i mean when you look at the average yards per rush for these guys right now guys and williams it's, it, it, right now both of them are averaging less than five yards a carry and you know darius guys had one of the if not the the largest yardage per carry in lsu history going into the season so now granted he's been banged up the offensive line has had an issue but uh, this is a game for that old line and that running game to to really feel good about itself and if they're not able to run the ball early this, this might be a long night for LSU Jeff Palermo Jeff LSU about a seven and a half point favorite how do you see this one shaking out the Tigers and the Rebels well I think uh, I think this one's going to be close um and now I've been bad on my last two projections I, I didn't think LSU would win the last two games so I'll say they'll win this game I think this is a game where uh, LSU kind of pulls it out in the fourth quarter. Maybe they get a big interception, uh, maybe a, a big touchdown run from Darius Geis. He breaks one. Uh, this one, I think, should be pretty close. But I, I give LSU the advantage. Uh, they're a team that's uh, feeling a little bit better about themselves. Uh, they're getting their, their star players. They're starting to feel healthy. There's more confidence on defense. And I like the I like the fact that uh, LSU's got Dave Aranda on its side and he might be able to make the proper adjustments if uh, and, and slow down Ole Miss as the game goes along. Boy, Jeff, and when you look at you look at the rest of the conference right now, of course, South Carolina and uh, Kentucky are still very much where they need to be from a standpoint because they still have Georgia in front of them, particularly Kentucky with just one conference loss. On the other side, yeah, Alabama, Auburn, A&M, and LSU. With LSU already with that victory over Auburn, still yet to play Alabama and what's going on in the East. This is a big game, Jeff, from a standpoint uh, moving forward because last year, you know, if you can 
map out where LSU is going versus that game against Florida, which wound up being for a berth in the Sugar Bowl. This win tonight could really put LSU in position to where it's okay. Now it's pretty much a, a game season with us. If, let's say A&M keeps on the track that they're going. To, we take care of them in Arkansas, then we, we're going to be we're gonna be in a big, big bowl game this year because you're looking at the way it fills out with the conference tie-ins. I mean, basically you're looking at some teams, and it's been a while, Jeff, when you could shake them up and go like, whoa, what, what? this team is going to be like – it reminds me of the year that Tim Couch in Kentucky was 7-4 and four, and they went to a New Year's Day Bowl and they played Penn State at 7-4. and four. It's getting to that point to where it doesn't look like a lot of teams are going to be closer to double-digit wins in the SEC. Yeah, and uh, what the uh, Sugar Bowl hosted a national semifinal, I mm-hmm. think that's out for LSU unless they somehow figure out the – unless LSU runs the table and wins the SEC championship game. But definitely playing in a New Year's Day Bowl game, uh, in in the state of Florida or something like that, a, a a bit of a more of a marquee game that they've been in. I, I think uh, you know went today, and uh, as you, as you said, Deke, they they handled business against A uh, and M and Arkansas. And even if they happen to lose to A uh, and M, I, I still think at at eight and four, I, and that's counting a loss to Alabama. Uh, I still think this team is going to be in a pretty good bowl game just because mm-hmm. of the struggles of Florida and Tennessee and. Uh, you know, I'm still not necessarily sure about South Carolina and Kentucky, but for Kentucky, that's a winnable game today in Mississippi yes, it is. State. I, I know State is a, is a favorite by nearly two touchdowns, but uh, Kentucky, uh, if there's a game, maybe they could um, they could surprise some people. It, it might be this is the game where people uh, start to take Kentucky a little bit more seriously if they're able to get a win and improve the 6-1. and one. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWO.com and Louisiana Network Sports Director. Jeff, how can people keep up with you on social media? Well, uh, you can, they can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Palermo. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. We'll talk next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks. All right, Thanks, he's Jeff. Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavia. When we get back, we'll take a look at some afternoon scores. A lot of finals are rolling in, and the 2.30 games are underway. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavia. We are counting it down to LSU and Ole Miss tonight, right here on the home of the Tigers, WWF. And welcome back. He is Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavia as the LSU Tigers getting set to take on the Ole Miss Rebels tonight, right here on Tiger Radio WWF. is LSU and Ole Miss for the 106th time in school history. These two will square off, this time at Vaughn-Hemingway Stadium. And you know, it was uh, – I can remember, Herb, that uh, when I talked to uh, whew, the late, great Hokie Gajan, he mm-hmm. never – I want to say either Hokie only played once outside of Jackson or – and I don't know if it was in Starkville, but every year they would play State and Ole Miss in Jackson at mm-hmm. Veterans Memorial Stadium right there off of uh, the main main strip on 55. But since, uh, you know, they don't play more in, uh, in Jackson – that uh, Ole Miss has been at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium, and this has been a series that is uh, it's had some notable games uh, over across the course of time. And you know, mm-hmm. Tiger fans obviously remember one of the most important ones was the you know famous Halloween. yeah Halloween mm-hmm. game and that. But LSU leads this series her over the Ole Miss Rebels, uh, dating back to 106 times meeting. I want to say this one and maybe Mississippi State are the two longest they played conference teams in a rival. What was this like, her playing Ole Miss? What, did it have that <laughs> rival feel to it? All the time, man. I'm 2-2 two and two against Ole Miss, so I wish I could go back and play a couple more games and uh, try to, try to you know, to get above 500. But those guys, man, and Deuce can tell you all about it. I mean, when you pull into the stadium at Ole Miss, the fans are just as rowdy as the LSU fans, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as many. 
but they are just as loud. They're just as obnoxious, and they um, they they are just as passionate about their team as we are. So um, each time we played those guys, those guys always came at us a hundred percent and more. I mean, it was no letdown on either side. Both teams had really great quality players um, and really great quality coaches at the same time. So. Um, it was definitely a rivalry field, and it makes me feel like, uh, you know, if, if I was not prepared and ready for that particular game, we would get our butts whacked, if you will, on mm -hmm. that. And then we would just not be, um, you know, we would just get ran clean out of the stadium. And just I, I, I never did like that feeling. You know, I always wanted to be prepared. So with that being said, I mean, that game is just as important as any other game. And then and vice versa when they would come to LSU our fans would get on them and show them exactly how it is but we would have 100,000 fans um, and, and, and that would kind of motivate us to play even better. LSU leads the all-time series versus the Rebels. 60 wins, 41 losses, and four ties. And uh, uh, LSU, of course, uh, took care of business last year. This was one of the big victories uh, early on. LSU took care of Missouri, then beat Ole Miss before that bye week. And this is a big one, Herb, because you can get this one in this matchup. You get to 6-2. Uh, and two. You get to three and one in conference play, mm -hmm. and basically down the stretch, you're looking at Alabama, Arkansas, A and M, and Tennessee, and in no particular order there. And that would be huge down the stretch of the season. You're talking about basically a four game season then, Herb, which would be big. This is a big one tonight. I think this, when it's all said and done, because it's on the road, uh, this is the game that Ole Miss is looking for. This is their Super Bowl. This is their bowl game. Of the ones outside of Alabama, this may be the toughest one left her because of everything that I just aforementioned. Two two weeks ago, we were all thinking, you know, how are we going to do against the SEC, you know, in our own conference? So right now, we are sitting in a really good spot. So tonight is very important for a couple of different reasons. One, to continue to win in the conference, uh, you know, on the west side of the SEC and also in conference. But not only that, but to get another great quality win going into uh, off week against to where we play Alabama in two weeks. So we need that confidence. We need that time to rest. We need that time to implement really good uh, offense and defensive game plans as well as special teams. So tonight is very, very important. So tonight will be will complete our what I like to call a trifecta going into that Alabama um, or that off week and then the Alabama week. That's Herb Tyler and Deke Bellavia right now at uh, Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is number one Alabama 7-0 over Tennessee. About halfway through the first quarter, 8-14 left to play Tennessee with the football now trying to answer the Tide's first score. And when we get back, we'll look at the rest of the conference matchups. Also, State College football <laughs> and we'll get you caught up on a top 25 scoreboard. And Herb, uh, you know, this is uh, basically LSU and Ole Miss, uh, excuse me, LSU and Alabama, big games today, and then they're both off again. And yeah. Both have the bye week next week, and then they'll play in November. Yeah, if you notice the past couple of years, couple, three, four years, it's yeah. been like that. So, you know, the, the SEC knows, everybody knows, the schedule makers knows that, that this particular, the LSU-Alabama rivalry is just as big as any other rivalry in the in the country. So, and both teams are just that type of team, the way they just go and they pound it out every week. So, in order for us to get a good game or to, to watch a good game against LSU and Alabama, they need two weeks to prepare. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavia. LSU and Ole Miss will go behind enemy lines next, and we'll talk to Parrish Alford of the Daily Journal. He'll tell us about the 3-3 three and three high-potent offensive-led Ole Miss Rebels. LSU Ole Miss tonight at 6.15 kickoff right here on Tiger Radio, oh, WWL. Yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 